Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Judge Hodgman, time for another In Chambers episode of the program. We'll be reading some listener submissions to make snap judgments and having some probably kind of pedantic notes. Just you and me. In Chambers. I'm excited about this. This is my new favorite type of episode of Judge John Hodgman. I think that's mostly because I get to talk a lot more. Yeah. I love the sound of my voice. It's beautiful. Mellifluous. Shut your pie hole. (laughs) It's my turn to shine. Glenn writes, over the past three years, my longtime friend Adam has become heavily involved in the cat world. That's in quotes. I don't know what that means. (laughs) It's an alternate universe that's just below the sewers. (laughs) And is much more popular than anything any human will ever make on the internet. He began taking pictures of the many cats, mostly feral, in our Oakland neighborhood and posting them to Facebook, which then turned into a photo feature for a friend's quote-unquote magazine... I don't Mm -hmm. know why magazine is in quotes. Why wasn't it a catalog? (laughs) Okay, well, I'm giving up now. Goodbye. Prepare the euthanasia center in Soylent Green World for me, because I have committed the worst possible sin. I've made a cat pun. John, why are you quitting the business? You could be starting a Tumblr and signing a book deal in the next 10 minutes. Catalog. Yeah, I know. I understand. But unlike this guy, I'm not going for low-hanging fruit or, I guess wandering feral cats the two easiest things to make internet and i guess fruit cake out of i don't know move on to torture to metaphor go on uh it it says and also an annual calendar oh okay in the process to be fair john we have issued an annual calendar of cats and specifically cat representations of us (laughs) so i guess we can't really make fun of that one yeah I, until recently, was a cat owner of a wonderful and annoying cat named Petey, whom I rescued from the streets of New York City and kept safe and alive for, best estimates are 18 to 19 years, depending on when he was born, until finally he passed away, very recently. By which I mean I took him to a place to have him poisoned, and then I paid money for it. But it was a long... And I can't say happy life for Petey, because all he would do is yell all the time. I've never heard a cat meow in such a way that sounds like yelling as much as Petey. But he was a good friend. He was with me for a long time. And I don't think he suffered at the end. So goodbye, Petey. Now let's hear about this guy from Oakland some more. In the process, my friend has officially been dubbed the Catman of West Oakland by the local Uh weekly newspaper. And even received a mayor's proclamation. Uh Uh-huh. Now he's in the process of opening a cat cafe slash adoption center here. All right. Let me stop you there, Jesse. I'm not an expert on the Bay Area. Right. But can we say that this is further evidence that Oakland is no longer the rough and tumbled, crime-riddled place that it has a history and reputation for being, and at least certain portions of it are now full of White people have too much time on their hands, just like the rest of the Bay Area. I think it's fair to say that this is some white people SH. Okay, moving on. Um, a cat cafe. Okay. In the parlance of Merlin Mann, let's put a pin in that and come back to that in a moment. I don't particularly love cats, 
but I've encouraged his effort to open the Cat Cafe, and he's raised quite a bit of money toward it. Mm-hmm. However, as part of his transformation into the Catman of West Oakland, Adam has started to do something in photos that I can only describe as cat pose. <laughs> his hands in front of his chest and curled over as if they were paws. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to be clear, just so no one gets the wrong idea, that I also like cats. I think cats are lovely creatures. Yeah. just I'm just saying that in preparation for anything I might accidentally say later on. Are you going to be able to continue to read through your tears, or do you want to shut your pie hole and let me take over? No, I got, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. I'd like to place an injunction upon Adam, preventing him from doing the cat pose in any future photography. I know Adam's dedicated to helping feral cats. I just think there's no reason for him to have to pose like that. (laughs) He's in his late 20s, semi-adult, and I think the pose panders to the expectations of his Catman persona. Please help me force my friend to find the balance between his Catman lifestyle and adulthood. First of all, where have we come in our culture that Glenn may write of Adam saying he's in his late 20s, semi-adult? No, you're grown up. You're grown up. If you're 27, 28, or 29, how dare you say you are semi-adult? There are children working in farms. In some countries, children are attorneys by age 15. You are a grown-up. You're a grown-up. You both are. Any choices you make after you're 18 years old are adult choices, including to pose as a cat. Now, setting that aside, Jesse, what is a cat cafe? Uh, I mean, there's no clarification here. Um, I mean, I guess it must be a cafe that serves drinks. Sure. Maybe a coffee drink. Um, and then also is full of cats. Oh, here's a, here's oaklandlocal.com. I found an article about it. I don't want you to read the article about this guy. I just want to know what a cat cafe is. Okay, Wikipedia says a cat cafe is a theme cafe. Because here's the thing. I have a feeling that this whole letter is designed to get us to read the article about the guy and then talk about his ventures. I feel like this is using cats in a new way on the internet to not merely entertain and amuse, but also to buzz market on my podcast. So I'm going to go to Wikipedia, which is a nonprofit source of dubious information that needs your support. Go and donate. A cat cafe is a theme cafe whose attraction is cats that can be watched and played with. Gross. Patrons pay a cover fee, generally hourly, and thus cat cafes can be seen as a form of supervised indoor pet rental. So it's a cat brothel. It's a cat house. (laughs) That's what it is. It's a cat house. I hope they do background checks. All right, so what does the guy want? He wants me to deny him. Well, he doesn't want you to deny him the right to use the $40,000 he's raised to open this cat cafe. Uh, you're doing it. You're, it's like they're the toxoplasmosis getting into your cat brain and changing your behavior. You're talking about his venture. Jesse, I looked at the article. I've seen it. I know what this guy's doing. He's a musician who got sidetracked by taking pictures of feral cats in Oakland, got a lot of play on the internet, and now is basing his whole life around these cats. And he's raising money to start a cat cafe. And I presume this cat cafe will not be a mere cat house, but it will allow people to adopt the cats. Is that what's going on? 
I don't know. Yeah, the idea is that if you have a place where you can uh, where you can meet the cats that's not in the shelter environment, well, they're going to be extra uncomfortable, but rather in an environment they're going to be more comfortable, which is to say a coffee shop. The point of it is, without Buzz marketing this gentleman further, and I don't mind giving him a little... You, you look up Catman of West Oakland, you're going to find this guy. If you'd like to give money to his cafe, you can. I can't control you there. I'm not like a toxoplasmosis parasite infecting the brain of a rat and causing it to no longer fear the smell of cat urine so that it'll get eaten by a cat so that it can live in its second host, the cat. That's what toxoplasmosis does, craziest microbe on earth. All I'm saying is, this guy is a guy, a 28, 27, 29-year-old adult who figured out that people in the world like cat pictures more than whatever his dumb music is. And that's okay, because he loves cats and he has an affinity for them. And I think he probably has toxoplasmosis and the cats are controlling him. But looking him up on the internet, Glenn, what I did not see any evidence of whatsoever was this so-called cat pose. All I wanted was to see a picture of this guy making his little paws out of his hands in a way that makes you so mad, so you claim. But I didn't see it anywhere. So maybe you're making more of it uh, than you mean to. Maybe you have different parasites in your head that make you see cat poses where there are none. But let's say you're not lying. Let's say that this young man is doing this all the time, and I just wasn't able to find the pictures of it. The reality is this young man's given his life over to cats and the parasites that are controlling their brain and his brain. He's making it a part of his life and his creative art, and I see no reason to interfere with his efforts to amp up his brand with a cat pose if he wants to do that. He's the catman of West Oakland, and he's just playing to his strengths, and it's his body, and you should shut up, Glenn, because I think you're just jealous, because you're probably some other 35-year-old semi-adult, and he's getting press, and you're not. Maybe you need to go out and find your own animal to take care of. Maybe you should go and find some feral snakes in Oakland. <laughs> Start a snake cafe. Oh, no. You know what? Start a snake hookah lounge. That's what you should do. That way people are like, is this a snake or is this not a snake? Because what people love about snakes mostly is the guesswork. Oh, man. You know what I think I'm going to start? No. A place with uh, like micro brews and gators. Oh, yeah. A gator brew pit? Because you know how sometimes people like uh, get a pet, like a little gator, and then it gets too big and they have to bring mm -hmm. it to the pound? <laughs> yes. Well, I want those. I don't want people seeing the gators in the pound and thinking that's just what they're like. I want them to be uh -huh. in a more comfortable, natural environment so they can get adopted. Like a micro, like a like a a, a bar that that has fifty microbrews on tap and some pretty interesting appetizers. Yeah, well, I've been getting really into home brewing lately. You know, so I think I've really developed my beer palate. I like darker beers. Get Sam Potts on the phone. Get him start sketching out the new T-shirt. Shirtless Jesse's microbrews and gator wrestling. <laughs> Shirtless Jesse's microbrews and artisanal gator wrestling. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I want logos and signage by 5 p.m. Here's a question from Nick. He writes, Dear Judge, what is a salad? My girlfriend and I are in a detente over this idea. Well, at least they've reached detente. Yeah. Not an active conflict. It's not a, it's not, it's not a shooting war. <laughs> it's simmering on the back burner. I recently learned that according to the Oxford Encyclopedia of Underwater Life, 
that most legendary and definitive of tomes, there's no such thing as a fish. No matter what characteristics of fish you define, the exceptions you need to include common fish like seahorses, rays, and lungfish make for a pretty weak net. Was that an aquatic-themed joke? Yeah. Net? Pretty weak net? Yeah. I get it. Fisherman jokes. Moving on. I think the same is true of salads, but my girlfriend disagrees. Salads can have veggies, fruit, meat, grains, dairy, any kind of food. Can we stop saying veggies? That really feels like a fifth grade 1979 effort to get people to eat these weird things and make them more appealing. But we know what they are, right? Vegetables. I don't like cutesy names. No one says veggies anymore. Stop it. Okay, moving on. They can be creamy or crisp, hot Gross. or cold. Gross. My girlfriend argues that all salads are broken down into bite-sized pieces, but I say jello salads, big pieces of decorative lettuce, and chunky ingredients like tomato wheels and chicken strips disprove that. She also argues that I'm a pedantic jerk. So, Judge, it's weird that the boyfriend who writes into us with a case about his girlfriend would be considered to be a pedantic jerk by anyone. So, Judge, as the arbiter of sandwichness, is there such a thing as a salad? I love how uncensored we get when we're in chambers and these people aren't here to defend themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to say jerk. Next question. (laughs) No, I'm not just going to say jerk. I'm going to say a bunch of other words, too, that amount to the same thing. I don't believe... In the Oxford Encyclopedia of Underwater Life. I mean, I'm sure it exists. Like a fish does. I believe in Merriam-Webster, home of Judge John Hodgman's own lexicologist, Emily Brewster, which, uh, surprisingly, believes that there is such a thing as fish. They define fish as an aquatic animal. Boom. No problem. Covers a lot of stuff. Maybe too broad. Well, technically... The first definition is, quote, a cold-blooded animal that lives in water, breathes with gills, and usually has fins and scales, unquote. And now you, Nick, jump in with all the exceptions to the rule, lungfish and, you know, walking fish and that fish that looks just like a man who works next to you or whatever it is. Seaman from the video game Seaman. Yeah, exactly. But the second definition is an aquatic animal. And it goes on to say usually in combination like starfish or cuttlefish. That's how they get the exceptions. But just because language is imprecise doesn't mean that a thing doesn't exist i don't think the oxford encyclopedia of underwater life truly says there's no such thing as fish because the oxford encyclopedia of underwater life is not out there trying to blow people's minds with its late night thoughts at the bar it's trying to explain stuff these are big sort of gross necessarily imprecise definitions these genres of all kinds, get blurry at the edges. That's what makes the hot dog question so compelling. So what Nick is referring to here is a a short thing I did in the late and perhaps lamented Judge John Hodgman column that used to be in the New York Times Magazine, in which some guys were fighting over whether a hot dog was a sandwich. And I said, no, I know in my soul on a gut level that a hot dog is not a sandwich. And the question became, how do I prove logically that it isn't? And ultimately, you're asked to prove a negative. It's very difficult. Why isn't a hot dog a sandwich? Because you would never cut it in half. All sandwiches, you can cut them in half and share them, save half for later. If you cut a hot dog in half, it's because some child is yelling at you. 
or you're under some other weird duress. But no natural human would cut a hot dog in half and enjoy it that way. It is a unity unto itself. A lot of people had problems with this, especially people who listen to public radio. I got to hear from all of them. Guy who runs a podcast called The Sporkful called me out by name on the internet and then on his podcast. Kept saying I was wrong, I was wrong, I was wrong. Finally, I had to call into Leonard Lopate and defend myself. And you can go <laughs> listen to it. Because he was on the Leonard Lopate show here in uh, WNYC here in New York City just yeah, talking about how wrong I was. That Dan Pashman, he's a loose cannon. Yeah. And you know what? Dan, that's right, Dan Pashman. Good guy. Interesting podcast. Uh, a uh, tautological thinker. Because he tried to use the same definition all the people who wrote in to me used. It was like, it's obviously a sandwich because it consists of a thing sandwiched between two pieces of bread. Yeah, we get the word from the thing. Circular thinkers. Ugh. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So salad, right. Yeah, there are a lot of different things that are salads, right? A lot of different things that are salads. Uh, it is not anything that is broken down into a bite-sized piece, because then if you cut up a steak for your child so he doesn't choke, that doesn't make it a steak salad. A steak salad is what? You know it in your heart. You know what it is. It's pieces of steak that are cold, that are put on top of pieces of lettuce and then dressed lightly. There can, a salad can be raw fruits, raw vegetables, right? You can also uh, have a salad that uh, is uh, tuna fish with mayonnaise or chicken with mayonnaise and egg with mayonnaise. And if you live in my house, mayonnaise with mayonnaise. <laughs> Oh, mayonnaise salad sandwich. Mayonnaise sure. salad sandwich, yeah. Let me tell you something, Jesse. Two pieces of white bread. Mm-hmm. Mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Salt. Mm-hmm. And pepper. Mm-hmm. And you have just invented the best thing to eat at three o'clock in the morning while drunk. <laughs> in the history of suburban Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brooklyn, New York, sir. I, I never drank when I lived in suburban Massachusetts. I was a good boy. I waited till I was of age to drink in England. All right. What is the thing that's in common of all these things? What is the thing that defines a salad the same way not cutting in halfness defines a sandwich? Salad's cold, everybody. Cold. Served cold. Cold, cold, cold. Like revenge. But unlike revenge, not merely served cold, exclusively served cold. Somewhere in here, this guy Nick is saying you can have a hot salad. Two things. No, you can't. Two, don't look it up on the internet because when you get to Urban Dictionary, you're going to get grossed out. No such thing as a hot salad. If you take tuna salad and you put it into a sandwich and toast it with cheese, that's a tuna melt sandwich. You can cut it in half. But you would never call that a salad, would you? So bring it on. Bring on all your hot salad suggestions, everybody. That's not what a salad is. It is a cold accompaniment and occasionally a main course meal, usually composed of pieces of raw vegetables and maybe fruits. Mayonnaise is optional. Crumbled blue cheese, if you're smart. Move on. Here's a question from Evan. I had my bike light stolen recently and borrowed my girlfriend's bike light to ride a short distance. The light must have fallen off somewhere on my journey. I couldn't find it. When I got home, I told her of the loss. She said she'd only recently purchased the Could light. Could this guy sound more like a liar? <laughs> it must have fallen off somewhere. I, I don't know. Yeah, who uh, knows? Uh, with uh, lights, it's impossible to find a light at night. <laughs> 
You, yeah. you, if you were going to try and find it, you would have to light up or blink or something. You know how, you know how when you attach a light to it, you know how all lights want to escape humankind? They're like the hamsters yeah. of the hardware world. One time I came back, I found my desk lamp in the hallway next to my apartment. It was making a run for it. All right, go on. When I got home, I told her about the loss. She said she'd only recently purchased the light and that it cost her $45, parentheses, exclamation mark, close parentheses. I think this is an unreasonable amount to pay for something that's routinely stolen in the city. I'm willing to try and find the same light or a comparable one to replace it, but she feels it must cost the same amount that she paid or she loses out. Is it unfair for me to try to save some money and keep my girlfriend safe after making a mistake? I love how you try to put it in the context of keeping your girlfriend safe. You took her light! Creep. And you also did not admit to a mistake. You claimed that it must have fallen off or something. It must have fallen off. Look, you claim you're in a city. Like, you're not going down dark, bumpy roads full of owls stealing lights off bikes. Why did you say it was stolen? How, how was it even attached? How could it fall? Ugh, so many holes in this story. But I'm not here to judge your mendacity uh, or even your cheapitude. It is not for you to judge what is reasonable to spend on a bike light. That is your girlfriend's choice. And I use that word advisedly because I don't believe it will apply for much longer if she's wise. This is the openness of chamber. This is, like, this is where it really all comes out, Jesse. I just told this girl to break up with him. It's not for you to choose how much a bike light should cost. Your girlfriend chose to buy one that cost $45, and you took her property, and in your care, it's somehow nobody's fault went away. You got to replace it. Now, if your girlfriend is saying that you have to replace it at the same cost, that's not necessarily true, but you do have to replace the same model of light. You have to go and find the model number or ask your girlfriend to describe the one that she got or take you to the place where she got it. And you can take the model number down from that store if you believe that $45 is not a fair price for that light and go online and see if you can find a better deal. That's fine. As long as you're replacing the exact thing that you lost. And uh, please take responsibility for your actions and stop trying to make it sound like you're trying to keep your girlfriend safe when you're stealing her stuff. Okay. Here's a bit of pedantry from oh, a... Oh, girlfriend, break up with him. <laughs> <laughs> and then get back together after he's changed his ways. Here's a bit of pedantry from a real neurologist at Harvard. Andy writes, In episode 166, My Legal Pony, you asked one of the litigants if her pony had, quote, nipped her amygdala, unquote. You implied that this would cause her to have memory problems, rendering her unable to recall the bad behavior of Burger, the worst pony. By the uh, way, worst pony, best pony name, Burger. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to point out that you likely meant to say hippocampus rather than amygdala. The hippocampus is the seahorse-shaped region of the brain that forms memory. The amygdala, on the other hand, is the almond-shaped nucleus involved in the fear response, which would probably be activated when one is surrounded by 11 ill-behaved Shetland ponies. Saying ill-behaved was redundant. 
Interestingly, activation of the amygdala does positively impact memory formation, which is why we tend to remember very scary experiences. So you weren't too far off. Yours truly, Andy Martin, Harvard Neurology Program at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, Boston, Massachusetts. Beth Israel, of course, the hospital where my mom was a, a RN nurse administrator for her entire career. Great place. I, uh, I went there for... Uh, what did I go there for? Some meaningless ache or pain. And they took good care of me. And I was not dying, it turned out. Um, sorry, what? Oh, right. Yes, you're absolutely right, Andy. I apologize. I made a mistake. Um, when I said amygdala, that was my fancy pants stand-in for any part of the brain. Because I don't know my brain uh, anatomy. Surely not as well as you do, Andy. And so I just took a stab at the one part of the brain I could remember. And my, uh, my hippocampus pointed me only to amygdala. <laughs> but now I know that the hippocampus is the seahorse-shaped region of the brain that forms memory, and I, am, I will never forget that. And I will also say that even the hippocampus, that seahorse-shaped region of the brain, is a fish, if you define fish broadly enough. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law. And it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really 
help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. That's all for this week's Judge Sean Hodgman. John, you're on the road. Where can people go out and see you? Uh, in November, I will be in Burlington, Vermont on the 19th at the Higher Ground Ballroom. The 20th November finds me in Lebanon, New Hampshire, where, in fact, they have just made an incredible poster based on a popular brand of mayonnaise, except my name is put in it instead, and I'm so happy about it. Then on 21st November, the Academy of Music in my semi-hometown, Northampton, Massachusetts. It's an incredible stage, and I can't wait to see my fellow pioneers of the valley there. And then on the 22nd of November, I shall return to the Bushnell Center for the Performing Arts in Hartford, Connecticut. Will I wear a Hartford Whalers t-shirt? Probably. Will I sing the Brass Bonanza or play it on a recording device? Yes. Join me at all of these places. I'll be hanging out after each one of them to say hello to you. Uh, and uh, it'll be fun. Wait, what is the Brass Bonanza? Jesse, Brass Bonanza is the victory song of the Hartford Whalers. How could I have not known that? Anytime the Whalers would score a hockey goal, which I believe um, is a measure of success in the game of hockey, they would play a song called Brass Bonanza. I'm going to set up a show for myself in Montreal, and I'm going to top your playing of the Brass Bonanza and wearing of a Hartford Whalers shirt by bringing Yuppie to perform with me. Whoa. Defunct teams of sports. And their legendary semi-defunct mascots. 
I just had to stop there for a moment because my knowledge of sports is so out of date that I wasn't entirely sure that the Montreal Expos were defunct, but they are. They're totally defunct, right? But I believe UP is not defunct. I think UP, uh, like the Philly Fanatic, tours minor league baseball stadiums. And the, the Phillies still exist. Yes, they do. But the Expos are, so they're bringing in, noise bringing defunct, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> my new saying. Um, you can submit a case to us if you like, and we always love it when you submit a case. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO, MaximumFun.org slash JJHO, so you can have your day in court. Uh, we're available on Facebook, uh, just like Judge John Hodgman. There's also a new MaximumFun.org Facebook group where people have been posting a lot of cool stuff and getting into different stuff. That's at Facebook.com slash MaximumFun.org uh, with a dot. Not with D-O-T. And our show is edited by Mark McConville, produced by Julia Smith. Wait, one final word, Jesse? Yeah, sure. Just because I was incredibly mean to everyone who wrote into the docket, I hope people will still write in and give me their disputes to settle because I still adore you, even when I call you a creep or a monster. This should be clear after many years of doing this program. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.